Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Old Bad Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Matyash, and today I have with me Talmadge Spicer, and we're going to talk about how being mindful and being in good emotional health is actually very good for your business, if you own a business, how he's been influenced by people like Zig Ziglar and uh, his amazing accent and voice. We're going to talk about the different buffet of success advice that exists out there. And not everybody has to wake up really early like Kobe Bryant and start working out and all that. Because people are different and different things work for different people. As long as you are on the road to success, who cares how you do it, right? So that's very interesting. And lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about politics, vaccines, and racism. Ooh, this is much more in today's podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the new episode of All That Jazz. I'm your host, Matyas, and I have with me Telmich Spicer. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I love that. I don't we have much here. guns, but you have. I think you have more. <laughs> we're working on it, man. I'm in, I'm in progress, bro. Oh, man. I, I've never done this, but we, we are comparing already. Oh, man. No, there's not much there, but a little bit. <laughs> no, you're strong, man. I can see it. <laughs> well, it, it's the... Uh, it's a Slavic blood. Slavic used to be, I don't know, slaves of Europe, I think. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's where it comes from, but I'm not quite sure. So, um, I, yeah, I was asking before we started about the, uh, the picture on the right. Well, we really like it. So what does it represent for you? Right. It's something that, that I saw online, you know, through an ad and it jumped out to me because, uh, what it signifies to me now is like uh, inner peace, but specifically for your inner child, because growing up, we're not taught to be mindful or to yeah. meditate or to have some type of relationship with yourself. And I think that that's something that we could definitely use, especially in the younger years in your develop- developmental stages. Yes. So anytime I look over, it's just a, a very strong reminder to bring your inner child you know, to peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, now that you mention it, I uh, sometimes I work with people that I have on the podcast. Like, you might as well because I I kind of promote them, so I'm like, I might as well use uh, some of the services. And some people do inner child work, and uh, but that's wow, that's fascinating to me. And I found like some, I found out some effed up stuff about my own history actually, because <laughs> right, right. I think. A lot of people have that, but when when really traumatic things happen in your childhood, sometimes it seems like that sets you up for a pattern for life, unless you can see it and change it. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And and the the heartbreaking part about it is most of the time, it goes completely under the radar. We're yes. we're not aware of these these patterns and these these decisions. These uh definitions and meanings that we added to certain things that form our reality form our entire experience it's Mm. can't think of many things more important than that yes yeah i think um, like uh, the unconscious drive drives your life then it's like uh 
um and then it's like uh it's like a ship that's uh just on cruise control and you can't access it you can't you don't know how to you know how to how to change the direction and it's really important so but uh yeah i, I failed to mention you are also a, a book author i know one of the title of your book have the guts to follow your guts i just love that title like that's um that is amazing because i think a lot of times it requires guts to actually follow your guts so actually just writing the book it's like wow i uh i have ambitions as well but i think as somebody that you're a practitioner because you actually you you do it you, you're not just it's not it's not just an idea right so how right. do people get to that stage where it's not just an idea but you actually you actually start to execute what you have like in your guts like i need to i need to do this right Here- Here's the thing, and I'm, you know, this is just coming to me as I speak. Um, I don't think I've ever had these thoughts, but there is a challenge that I've experienced from getting things from your brain to getting your body in motion. And I think mm-hmm. that we kind of take it for granted because we will say things like, just do it, just do it. And even in your own head, you're laying in the laying in the bed and like, I should be doing this. Yeah. Okay, get up and do it. But we don't move. So like, it, it can't be as simple as just do it. Um, I think a lot of it comes from why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, do you believe that you can achieve what you want to achieve by doing what you're doing? Uh, these two things, I think the why is more for longevity. If you have a reason that's bigger than yourself, like if you're getting up in the morning because you have kids to feed, that's a pretty strong why. That's going to yes. motivate you. You're going to get up, right? Um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Here we go. Bring it back. I said the why and hmm. do you remember what I said? Well, the why, the why, uh, a lot of people have uh, like kids and that's a, a strong why that... Uh, that brings forward them forward to to actually do uh, oh, what is the, required. I, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Thank you. Thank you for holding the space. <laughs> no the, worries. Um, the the belief, right? This one is sneaky. Mm. So the why is easy. We can do a uh, uh, an an exercise to identify a really good why reason. We can do that. Yeah. The sneakier part is: Do you believe that you can achieve your goal? Right? Because that self doubt is one of the things that is in your subconscious mind and it sabotages you without you completely being aware of it. You think you're just procrastinating. Really, you are afraid that I'm going to put out this energy, show up and then fail. And I want to avoid that. But it's not like, oh, I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of failure. It's not always conscious. It's not always something you're aware of. But your body will sabotage yourself and just lay in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so prevalent and uh, is that um, is that part of the reason why you got into coaching to inspire others to to be more into action and to be like people uh, not just of uh, you know wishful thinking people wishful thinking but actually put put in the work and actually do something right absolutely absolutely I think that um, so many people uh, are unsatisfied with their lives. And Mm -hmm. most people, I think, believe that the way their life is, is the only way that it can be. Yeah. Right. But there's a a minority of folks that 
know that they can change their life, right? They just don't know how. And if any of them are like me, they were ready to jump into entrepreneurship with both feet and skip over the uh, a stage that I considered tremendously important, having skipped it myself and learned some very hard lessons, is that you should be an entrepreneur before you ever become an entrepreneur, mm. right? And, and the way that I came to that conclusion is by learning the hard way how connected your mental health was to your business health. Because when my mental health started to deteriorate, you know, and I got a very dark space, started considering suicide and things like that, my business also started to deteriorate at the same time, where, whereas before, both things were fine. I was able to, you know, be happy and run a business successfully and I think that is a huge challenge to build a relationship with yourself, but it's absolutely worth it. And if you get a successful business out of it at the same time, that's just a bonus. Mm. You know? So you're saying that uh, kind of happiness is one of the keys, like getting yourself right, being right with yourself. Because you, you, you might have... Um, a lot of money. I think there's also like a Johnny Cash song about uh, that. Uh, it's called the satisfied mind. And not many people have a satisfied mind. And uh, and you, you know you could be you could be even rich, but you have still something uh, eating at you inside. And you're like, well, I have to make more money, or I have to be more liked, or I have to be. So this is an obsession that. Uh, never leave some people so do you think it's about like uh constantly adjusting the the success level like you're you're here but you want to come here and then here or would it be better to to be satisfied where you are but kind of be like uh i i let me see if i can challenge myself to go one step further or the third option would be i want to be here but i'm here right now <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I, I think that it's healthy. I think that it is human nature to set goals, to want to stretch, to want to expend this energy. Otherwise, what was the purpose of having the life if, it, if it's not meant to be used, you know, for something, hmm. right? Uh, and the, I think it's a good deal because when you have high goals, like I want to be able to travel, I, I want to uh, have more money, I want to live in this house or have this car, all of those things are nice, but what they all require is money, right? Now, you have to make more money, and you can do it some nefarious ways. You can go rob a bank or something like that. Right. But right. what I believe is the best way to make more money is to provide more value, right? Because people mm. are happy and willing to trade their money for something that will improve the quality of their life, right? So when you realize that, you realize that the key is not looking at what you can get, not obsessing over what you need and what you need to receive, but instead, what can I give? Yeah. If you focus on what can you give, all of the rest of the things will be open to you. You can access whatever you want. You can live as humbly or as loud and proud, you know, as you want. Hmm. So I think I've heard this a few times. Seems like almost like, like a cliche now, what value I can give value, value, value. But then, then you have to sit down and actually practically like be like, well, what are my, what are my skills? What am I good at? How can, how can I contribute? You know? Cause uh, 
I think, uh, yeah, like you said, if you, if you, in the back of your mind, you're still like, oh, what can I get first without what can I give to the world? Then you run into a problem, right? It's more about what you put out there and what's valuable to people. Right. Yeah. I think that if, if you have this program running that I need to receive and you're living in lack, you're constantly, but subconsciously looking at what you don't have. Right. So mm. if you need to receive first, then your, your destiny is out of your control because what you receive is only based on what you give. Right. Right. And you'll always need something. I, I need more time. I need more money. I need more yes. energy before I can start to give. Because most of us are consumers. <laughs> yes. Entertain me. Give me something. Give me something. But that's a huge opportunity for givers. Right. Yes. Yes. Huge opportunity for givers is all of these takers and like 10 givers out of 100, let's say pulling numbers mm. and the givers okay are like okay i'll give you that i'll give you this i'll give you this i'll give you that just give me some money how did you um start this uh path of i i think you were were you an entrepreneur first before you were a coach it kind of happened simultaneously okay yeah, but I, I think i was always entrepreneurial minded for sure I would say I was an entrepreneur first. I was born an entrepreneur. Yeah. Did, did something help you along the way? Like any, any, um, I know right now, um, top, on top of my head, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and, and people like that, their content, because they give out a lot of free content as well. I think people benefit a lot from it. So was there anybody uh, that you kind of looked up to or any kind of, uh, any kind of books that you were you kind of like a mini bible so you like you know constantly went back to and draw inspiration from oh there's so many bro i just had like <laughs> so many people flash before my eyes like i'm really fully immersed in the uh, personal development world and you know i look up to people like zig, zig well i've i've taken value from zig ziglar robert kiyosaki um dale carnegie uh, Napoleon Hill. Oh, wow. You know, all of these books. Tony Robbins, for sure. Uh, Les Brown, Lisa Nichols. I got her uh, autograph right here on the wall. Oh, that's the, the secret lady? Yeah, she was yeah, in yeah. The Secret. Speaking of The Secret, Michael Beckwith. Uh, right, right, right. Joe Dispenza. You know, say, like, I'm telling you, I could go on forever. <laughs> I love these people. Well, Joe Dispenza, I really love his work as well. That's a really significant work uh, about. Uh, visualization and changing the brain and the first person you said zig ziglar i used to listen to his tapes years ago and it was about i loved his accent he was like somewhere from a That's southern my favorite state part <laughs> <laughs> he had a he had a wife he called uh what did he call her ginger or something like the redhead redhead right right yeah <laughs> <laughs> like and the redhead and i went in there and i just said i looked at her one time and i said you just can't do it <laughs> yes, and, uh, i'm like bro i love listening to his voice bro and some people you can just tell that they're um they're good at heart they have uh, your good intention and heart and now already you just have to uh, uh like uh, your attention you they already have your attention just by that you know mm -hmm. um so 
Yeah, like you said before, going back to earlier, I think there's also a Bruce Lee quote about that willingness is not enough. You have to act. Mm-hmm. And that's such an important thing. Like you can have, like there's a period of my life where I've just accumulated information. Like I would listen to Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins a little bit here and there. But well, I, it wasn't a total waste of time because I was listening to, the, to that while I was playing video games oftentimes. So <laughs> to me, it wasn't a total waste of time because subconsciously I was getting some information, but still for a long time, I didn't do anything uh, with it, let's say. So yeah, how do people get to that point though? Like how, how did you get to activate yourself uh, after reading all these people and, and finally starting to do something? Um, Oh yeah, because you know, getting stuck in what what was it called? Is it? It's not it's like being overwhelmed in information, but not like yeah, or like addicted to like YouTube videos and books and self help and stuff. Um, it's real. That's real because it, it tricks the brain. It, it makes you feel like uh, you're using your time well. But here's the thing at different stages in your life that might be just what you need. You know, there was a period of my time where I was just absorbing information over and over again. And, and one of the things that I decided to put a, put in as a rule for my life is, you know how when you hear some information that you've heard before and your initial reaction is, oh, I know, I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. My rule is if I'm not doing it, then I don't know it. Ah, uh, I was gonna say that, yeah. Yeah. So how, how, how much do you know it if you don't really do it? Right. So I, I figure if I'm not doing it, then I need to hear it again. Why? Because repetition is the father of learning. Mm. Right. So the more I hear it, the more likely I am to do it. I think as I'm thinking, I, uh, you know, <laughs> live that. If if you are somebody that needs to hear it again then hear it again and then just deal with the guilt because the guilt that you're not doing enough or you're not doing the right thing is just a fear, Mm -hmm. right? So absorb the content again, look for another video. If it's going to help you out, if it's in the name of personal development, eventually you're going to get to a point and it could very much be frustrating to the point where it's like, oh, I watched all these YouTube videos and I'm still not doing anything. (laughs) Right. And guess what? that's the exact energy that you needed to get up and actually do something. Mm. Right. But if Uh, you beat yourself up for the stage that you're in, you're working against the process. You got to trust the process. Trust the process. Right. Right. But I have to say like, not, not to be down on myself, but I think I spend years on and off watching stuff like that, but not doing much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I remember (laughs) it's a funny story. One time I was, uh, I was uh, working this summer in Wyoming and uh, this uh, co-worker was, uh, uh, he was supposed to be working and we, we lived on the, in a hotel because it was like in the middle of nowhere. And this uh, co-worker, Josh, he, uh, he was uh, the main chef there, the main cook. And he, he went to fetch him and he's like, he knocked on his door. And this guy, Josh is from Mississippi. He's like, get your ass in gear, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said <laughs> i feel like everybody needs like a little bit of a drill sergeant you know kind of like you know get your ass in gear and and do and do something uh <laughs> it's it but it's time it's time bro yeah 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 so 
I guess it has to be about it can can be done by anybody but you like personally like you have to decide on a step like uh, other people might have ideas directions but you have to and in the end you have to bring yourself to be like yes I'm gonna do something right absolutely you 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 decide that's the first step decide you know a funny thing happens uh when you look at that word the, or the the prefix the end of the word i forget what it's called the suffix mm-hmm. side right S- suicide killing yourself yeah i'm aside killing other people but when you decide you're killing off all other options right when I, when I made the decision to no longer do anything that wasn't aligned with my passion and purpose, that's when I saw opportunities to launch my coaching business, right? Because my mind wasn't considering all these different things. How I'm going to make money? How I'm going to do this? I said, none of that. If it doesn't have to do with coaching, I'm not doing it. So I'm forced to figure out how to make an income from doing what I love. And mm. that was powerful. Uh, another thing is, uh, as far as taking action, right? A lot of us, we look at the big goal, we look at all of the work we have to do all at once, and we overwhelm ourselves. I'm telling you, if you, the only way to eat an elephant is bit by bit, you know, saying, right, so right. break it down into small goals, and then break those small goals down into the smallest, most minute action that you can take. I'm talking about, I want to go to the gym every day this month okay go put on your shorts right that's your goal that's your focus go get your gym clothes on okay get to the front door oh pat yourself on the back you did it go for your run you know and before you before long your brain starts to see yourself different it starts to look at like for me uh talking about my story is in fact with the gym there's times where i didn't want to go to the gym but now i've gone to the gym so many times there's no reason for me to resist going to the gym. I literally just go, I survive, I come back and I and I rest. And that's the new story. Before it was, oh, I gotta give out energy. <laughs> I yeah. gotta work out, I gotta. And right. it, it's just not that because I had to stop thinking about all of that stuff. J- just put your shorts on, just get dressed, just mm. get dressed. And it grows from there. There's, there's no shame in baby steps. Baby steps matter. Right, right. And from a quantum perspective, I think it's, I think it's Heisenberg principle. I heard uh, somebody say that the more often you make a choice, the more likely you are to make it again. But I guess the hard part is to first make that choice, a new choice for the first time, because that's something new to you. Like, oh, I'm going to start writing a book, but I've never wrote, written a book before. And that's a really new choice. But if you if you make it like you were talking yesterday, well, in me, it was like two in the morning today when we talked, but it was about uh, you're breaking down how to write a book and you're just like, well, make an outline and do this and do that. And so into simple, manageable steps so you can start something, right? But uh it, what you said before is the power of habit as well. Like you, you go to the gym, but now it's become such a part of you that you go like every day because it's like, this is what I do. Right. Right. And you just really brought me present to that. I'd never really realized that because I, I was conscious and aware. I was like, yo, I want to live a life where going to the gym, I'm not even thinking about it. It's 
five o'clock, five thirty. You already know what I'm doing, right, right? And I'm there. I'm there. It wasn't easy, bro. <laughs> No, like five thirty a.m. No, five thirty p.m. But okay, I did yeah. used to work out in the morning. I right, just right. recently switched to the night, and I'm so glad I did. <laughs> Life is so much better, <laughs> right? I, 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 you know, there's no shame in that because I heard uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather. Apparently, he he used to like wake up, uh, you know, like eleven or you know uh, at noon. And then he'd start working out like in the evening, you know, and then and then he'd go to bed like, you know, late at night. So he had a different schedule, but it worked for him, you know, he had right. a different schedule. But, you know, and I remember the audience uh, that he was talking to, like, they kind of laughed. But, you know, Floyd didn't laugh like this is this is his schedule and worked for him. And obviously he's he's had a massive success and just like that habit of like doesn't matter because like i think we put a lot of emphasis on because like when you said 5 30 immediately my mind went to oh must be a.m right but it doesn't matter as long as you put in the work right 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 and that that's one of the traps to personal development i think <laughs> they they try to get it's like oh you need the roadmap to success here it is you got to wake up at 4 30 in the morning you got to do this and i'm like trying to follow these directions step by step being a part of the 4 a.m club and you know <laughs> right. meditating every single day and doing all of this stuff and i realized it's less of a direct roadmap and more of like a buffet right right you get to choose what you want what works for you when it works for you and you get to play around with it and just see what what's the right combination of things hmm. for you when i was trying to fit their mode i was beating myself up like anytime i wasn't consistent oh so lazy all this and it drains even more energy out of you right right but these are tools that are supposed to serve you not the other way around you know uh you know what it is as well like people compare themselves to like workhorses like one of my favorite players uh, the late uh kobe bryant had the really insane schedule he would like wake up like three or three thirty in the morning and be the first one in gym and uh but his rationale as well was to put in more time than anybody else so he'd practice like two or three times a day and have rest in between and all that stuff uh because uh the rationale was that the more if you consistently put in more time than the other person you're gonna be in one year and two years from now, you're going to be so far ahead than, than others, you know, and then there's truth to that. Right. But, uh, but I think, wow. Cause he was such a like obsessive, dedicated, maybe that's like for the like top, top, because he also kind of enjoyed the grind, I think. And speaking about process, if you really enjoy the process, like you're already like winning as it were. Right. That's the key. Right, like yeah, if you, I think so. Yeah. I think. Go ahead. If you like, if you really enjoy writing that book, and I think it has a higher likelihood of being a great book. Right, because you're transferring that energy into it. You're manifesting the energy into something physical. Yeah, that's always yeah. the case, and I think that enjoying the process is like a cheat code. <laughs> right it's almost like a chico like you get to you get to build as much as you want go as high as you want as long as you just love the process why because you're not thinking about so many of the other things or distractions that weigh you down and hold you back 
Mm. It's like, I'm creating, I'm creating, I'm creating. And I think that's what we were created to do is create, which is why it's always important that we set the bar a little bit higher because the more we want for ourselves, the more we have to create for the world. There, there was, uh, I read uh, a few books by, by Mr. Donald Trump and uh, he was, most of his books are about obviously business. And he said that um, he knew this guy that worked on Wall Street because his father and, you know, you know his uh, relatives and all that worked on Wall Street. But this guy wasn't interested. He was miserable. But so Trump's attitude was always like, do what you're passionate about. And he saw that this guy was really like the, you know, landscaping and all that, like, uh, you know, uh, designing things and all that. So he he told him for years, you should you should go into uh, designing golf courses and stuff like that. And then eventually he took his advice and he became really successful, but it took him a while because of the programming, you know, his father was on wall street. So he was expected to be in wall street, but he was miserable doing it. So I guess part of it, what we're talking about is finding something you love to do. And because you're going to put in more like, uh, let's see, like Kobe Bryant playing injured. Like he wouldn't go, like if you really hated your job, you wouldn't go to work injured. You'd be like, ah, oh, call in sick, man. I'm, I ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah, easy. <laughs> easy. First instinct. Yeah. Have you, hey, Matt, have you heard of, of the term Ikigai? Uh, ikigai? No, no. Ikigai. Ikigai is a, a Japanese term that means purpose for being. Mm, right? Okay. And it's the cross between something that you love something that you're good at, something that the world needs, something that you can monetize. And that's the last one. Mm -hmm. Something that you can monetize. And it's important that I think that we touch down there, that we ask ourselves these questions. What what is the thing that I love? What what am I good at? What does the world need? You know, how could I monetize that? Uh, Just those clarity questions alone can put you in the vicinity of your your buffet that you get to try things from i try a little bit of this do i really like that i I tried social media management i thought that i was going to be that was going to be my it you know (laughs) because i'm on social media anyway right it wasn't it but Mm. here's the thing what happened was when it was time to reach out to people that were supposed to be my clients potential clients and stuff i had so much resistance I didn't want to do it. I was trying to force myself to do that for like two years. Didn't make a dollar. Invested in all of these programs, these uh, courses and all types of stuff. And then like we were talking about earlier, I decided I'm not going to do anything for money that's not aligned with my passion and purpose. Right. I have no problem reaching out to people about coaching, man. Having these conversations and jumping on podcasts. In fact, I love to do it. You know what I'm saying? So the work gets done before you even know you're doing it right if you can identify your icky guy i think you contacted me on, on pot at 12 uh that website doesn't exist anymore actually but you know it did its job <laughs> yeah <laughs> we got i gotta check that out gotta yeah check that well out. i actually have a team oh you have a team the yeah. team does for oh okay yeah. so you have mm-hmm. uh like uh like a secretary or something uh a, 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 like uh like a scout and they do some of the finding yeah. for you. Oh, that's cool. This is, I, this is new to me, but it is, it's producing some very fruitful relationships and very uh, exciting conversations. So mm-hmm. I like it. 
let's switch to um because i think you're you're obviously from the picture you're a spiritual man so what's the what's the relationship between spirituality and and what you do uh well spirituality is the basis in which all things i think exist i think spirituality is just the acknowledgement and the awareness that there is an energy present right something that animates us something that brought us here some reason to be here and um what i've come to find out and, and i think that the way we think about spirituality is kind of the bridge between science and religion right because we look at metaphysics and we look at frequency vib uh, vibration and quantum physics and all of these things and it brought us to an understanding of who we are right and more importantly what we're capable of and how to how to use our powers as humans our power of focus on one thing right yeah our powers of communication effectively all of these things i, I think those are all a result of becoming a little bit more spiritual Mm. and 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 i think it's uh in common parlance is also used like i love i like his vibe and things like that like things i think those words were not used to, uh, if i'm not mistaken 20 years ago as much as now because like people use it a lot more often like uh something off about his vibe or her vibe was off like this this is something that's so used so often now and i think it used to not be right Right. I think so. I mean, it feels like a very popular, trendy term right now, a bunch of them, a collection of them. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that the experience didn't exist. Mm, the experience right. of somebody's vibe. Maybe but, we just called it something different. You know? I think a lot of it is appearance, though. They'd be like, I like his vibe like this. I like his I like his his vibe right now. <laughs> wow this is like enter the matrix take the blue pill or the red pill <laughs> <laughs> now which drink to take i don't know if you can see that <laughs> um man it's oh yeah let's okay when i saw the matrix for the first time man i thought i was like 14 and um I was blown away by that movie. Did you have that experience with The Matrix? Not the first time, if I'm being honest. It okay. was a, it was a movie. I was I don't know how young I was. I was probably about the same age. Mm. Um, I'm 31 now. I'm 35 now. 35. Okay, I was even younger than you then. I was yeah, probably yeah. like 11, 11, 9, 10 or something like that. It um, came out 99, 1999. 99 I was 9. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, but, but not the first time I didn't catch it when I was nine, but when I watched it later on, I realized that it wasn't a movie. It was a documentary. <laughs> it's documentary. Documentary about, about life, like metaphysically, right. metaphysically. Right. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite has, uh, has concepts that are quite, uh, advanced. Um, and uh yeah i i would say spiritual in a way but it's all mixed together in a in a popular uh in a popular way um yeah but i think a lot of people really were impacted by that um yeah let's um 
let's talk about the the process of writing the book itself because i think uh, that's uh that might help some people um mm-hmm. so how how did you when you first what's the first book you wrote i have the ghost of folly a ghost why playing is safe is the biggest risk of all mm. okay so this this came out recently right like last year or two years ago last year last year was it no it wasn't last Last year, time has been flying, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like 2021 already, right? 2019 or 20, yeah, 2021 is now. It wasn't 2020, it was 2019. It was two years ago. Wow, two years ago, right? Right, man, time flies. Wow. You say you say things like, oh, I want to write a book someday. I'll get to it. I want to write it. And then next thing you know, you wrote a book two years ago. <laughs> right. And you're like, well, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You was going to ask me a question, though. Yes. Yeah. How, how did you um, uh, how did you manage to get yourself in gear to to write the book like and actually decide it and then like go for it and write the book well i I think i had a lot of help from a catalyst uh my friend uh kenny jones who coaches and trains people to get their books to best-selling status Mm. um i was having a conversation with him and i was telling him about how yeah you know book is on the radar you know eventually i'll get to it and write a book you know but my biggest one of my biggest things was nobody's going to read it. I didn't think my life was interesting enough at that point. It was like, I didn't have the seven cars and three houses and stuff and traveled the world. Um, And he said, well, what if you died tomorrow? What would you leave behind? Like, what would your legacy be? Who would write your story if you died tomorrow? I'm like, wow. And that kind of triggered a whole uh, avalanche of of additional thoughts. Like, well, I mean, he's kind of right. Like, what if that did happen? Like, who, would my book ever get written? But also, um, just because I write a book now doesn't mean I can't write another book later on. You know what I'm saying? So write yeah. the book. You, use what you've learned so far to impact and uh, influence other people. And just let it be one of the things that you've done. It's not, you know, the big shebang bang You're not going to ruin your reputation if the book isn't the greatest book for your first book, bro. But you got to right. get one under your belt to even be in that ring, be in that arena. So that was a big motivator. That, that brought down a whole lot of blockages for me. See, that's one of the things that we, uh, we ignore is that we just looking at the thing but we're running into a wall. We can see over the wall. We're trying to run to that thing. You can break down certain barriers, certain limiting beliefs. That's what happened there. Those limiting beliefs got crumbled. Mm. Now I was in a space where I could say, okay, I'm going to write a book. That's just beyond the barriers. Then the next question is, well, how, what are you going to start on? You know, do you write the entire book right now? Or maybe let's think about a title what do you want to talk or or what do you want to talk about what would be the message of the book you know one one little question leads to another now you got a title what are some of the different topics you want to talk about that support that overall idea have the guts to follow your guts well have the guts to i could 
give you a couple of the chapter names right now. Can you show us the, the front of the book? Oh, yeah, the table of contents. I mean, I know them. I don't even know why I was looking into them. This is the book, by the way. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, some of the topics that support the overall idea, have the guts to follow your guts, have the guts to tell the truth, have the guts mm. to decide, to make a decision, yeah. have a guts yeah. to take an opportunity. A lot of us have opportunities that we're just afraid to take because it's cross country or something like that. Have the guts to take the opportunity, have the guts to leave the opportunity. A lot of us are stuck in things that was an opportunity, but aren't anymore. Right, right. You know, and we're afraid to leave. And it, it goes throughout nine chapters. Another one is have the guts to tell your story. That's my story about writing the book that you're reading. Mm. Simultaneous is like a inception or something like that, right? Right, right, right. Um, have the guts to travel. Just so many, so many, I think, important topics in this book as far as just having courage. And having courage requires that you build a relationship with yourself. It requires that you develop a, a sense of love unconditional right. for yourself right. and those around you. And I think that's kind of the hidden gem in the book is that, yes, we want a bunch of money and all this stuff. But in order to get that, you've got to love yourself and appreciate yourself very deeply. Yeah. And uh, also you mentioned courage. I think courage is so extremely important. Uh, I remember the first time I went to, I never traveled, and then I decided I'm going to go to see a lecture of David Hawkins in Long Beach, Los Angeles, California. And I so went from uh, Central Europe to there, and uh, it was a huge leap. And but just getting there was kind of like every day when I went to get a new passport done and get did this, it was like small courage steps because like uh, at the time I was more like timid and it was uh, everything was like hard for me so even the smallest steps were like oh yeah i'm exercising the courage muscle so i think there is something to that like if you i think um i like to bring up uh, bruce lee because to me he's also like one of the idols like he said and if i follow this for years i would i don't know where i'd be but he said do every do two things every day that scare you and imagine mm -hmm. if if somebody like followed that program like religiously for a year, where would you be? <laughs> That's just crazy to me. Like just that simple concept, you know, because right. it requires even even if it's a small step, but every small step you, you take, it's further and it gets you further and further along the road, you know. So right. even for you now, it was uh, it was writing the book. So every. So that's a step of courage because you don't know how that's going to play out. And right. uh, you have to battle the inner perfectionist as well. That Absolutely. wants the, the first book to be as successful as Harry Potter or something. And so, <laughs> or, right. Or, uh, you know, Napoleon Hill book or something, but you know, you're, right. you are where you are and you don't have, uh, uh, you know, Andrew Carnegie there to help you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah plus i would need like 150 years or something like that to catch up to them because <laughs> timeless that i need some time right yes, indeed but all of it it starts you know it starts with a decision and then you go to one sentence after the next if you want to write a book the simplest advice i could give is start writing just write something you know right, have, you, have you heard of like the the eighth wonder of the world uh no 
think according to Warren Buffett, the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. Oh, right? yeah, that financial topic. So like, you know, how your money grows over time with just a small percentage every single year. I think the same thing happens with small actions is that they get compounded. So you have one, one action, two, now you got three, you know, then it goes up to, you got what, seven, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. Energy bank, energy interest. That's interesting. So you really, I never heard that before. So you're really compounding, not just to money, but actually to, to actions. So right. once you yep. take actions and take action every day, that compounds on itself and you and like i said with courage muscle you can take more bigger muscles uh bigger yeah you build bigger courage muscles and you can take bigger actions right. that all makes sense now <laughs> but we try to take the huge big exact big actions all up front and right. get either overwhelmed or burnt out or discouraged and stuff i'm telling you just put your running shoes on bro just write one sentence i'm telling you you get so much momentum to write two sentences next thing you right know. like <laughs> if if you if you tried the whole thing at once it's almost like you're gonna you know go to the gym and lift a, you know uh, a thousand pounds right. all at once be like yeah i'm gonna do this <laughs> of course you can't and then the bar chokes you out and i'm never coming to the gym again <laughs> i'm never coming back <laughs> By the way, when you go to the gym, is it more cardio or is it more like weights? Well, what do you focus on? It's I've been taking classes at um at the method downtown LA. Oh and it's been a lot, a lot of cardio, man. But I'm also taking boxing. So that's a lot of cardio. But I make sure that I get some weights in because I mm. have to. But if I let them just do whatever they want, I'll just right. be doing running all day so because you're in los angeles you ever do like um i know joe rogan does um his uh he, he likes jujitsu and uh, uh i don't think he goes to a like official official school he goes to uh eddie bravo you know 10th planet whatever you ever tried like a, any kind of martial arts like that because i think that's very humbling because like a guy that's a lot smaller than you can like choke you out really easily if they know what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah i haven't tried it but i'm definitely interested in it i'm gonna I'm give it a go as i think that's in la so you're in that spit you know place so that's that's a place of opportunity and also uh i think los angeles also a place of danger i associate it for some reason because i know it's not an easy place to live right i mean i haven't had any trouble but i know the reputation though and at the same time Depending on where you look, I think you can find that reputation anywhere. Uh, it was in New York. It's out, out here uh, in Idaho. They said, don't go up top because it's, it's full of racists. Don't go north Idaho. It's full north of Idaho. like white supremacists and stuff. Okay. So okay. Danger is always present, but you got to have the guts to follow your guts and go anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> or like the inner city of Chicago or something like that. Like, yeah. oh, be yeah, careful. Be <laughs> <laughs> There's differences. There's differences in scale. All right. Right. But it's always uh, going to exist at the point. <laughs> right. Right. Um, let, let's talk about coaching a little bit. Cause um, how did you get into that? That's really, really interesting field to get into. Right. So uh, in 2014, uh, I had my first business opportunity and that took me from Jersey to Idaho. 
and everything was great. You know, started my own business. We're making a bunch of money. I got a big, large, happy team. And it, like I said, it was great until it wasn't right. Mm. So because I had left everything and everyone that I knew behind. Yeah. In New so, Jersey. Wait. So, you know, I thought originally you're from L.A., but that makes sense. You're from Jersey originally. OK, that's no, cool. I'm actually from Brooklyn originally. Oh, a New yeah. Yorker. All right. Yeah, All right. I'm from New York. <laughs> And, and I moved to Jersey. I did college and high school out there. Um, but then, yeah, after college, I ended up moving to Idaho and leaving behind everybody and everything that I knew, including my relationship. It made my, my intimate relationship long distance, which was stressful because I'm all the way over here trying to do something I've never done. And a lot of the people that I used to see and contact regularly just wasn't there for any support. You know, if I was going through something I needed to talk or anything like that. And my girlfriend, my partner, wasn't that person that I could lean on either. In fact, she was worried about what I'm out here doing and, you know, questioning me and stuff like that. Oh, you left her in Brooklyn. I left her in Jersey. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And. So things started to change with me internally, like mentally, right? I started getting depressed and overwhelmed and got into a really dark space. I had to, uh, I got to meet up face to face with a lot of my shadows, uh, ended up committing, not committing, uh, contemplating suicide. Right, right, right. I know what you mean. Right. And and (laughs) I got to this point, I remember vividly, I was on top of a parking garage, a parking structure. And I was looking down over the edge and it was just me there. And I, re- I remember my brain, like my mind, my imagination just slipped into like, what if, what if I just, you know, right Ooh. now. And I felt, I felt the freedom of, and I want to call it freedom because that's what it was of falling to the ground, like as an escape. And what I learned from that was I didn't actually want to die. You know, I just wanted a relief of pressure, which I got from that situation. So I made a decision at that point. I said, if I'm not going to do this right now and I'm going to choose to live, then I might as well live on purpose and do something, you know, meaningful with my life. What's the point of having life just to not live it the way you want to? Right. So that was a turning point in my life. And what I learned from it all was how, uh, how connected your mental health was to your business health. Because mm. when I wasn't good, my business wasn't good anymore either. Right, right. And I wanted to serve people that are trying to make the jump out of their job and into their dream by way of entrepreneurship, by introducing them to this idea of becoming an entrepreneur first and getting mindful mm. and being aligned and being passionate about what you do, because those are the biggest tools that can help you withstand the ups and the downs and the lefts and the rights that come with entrepreneurship. It's not like employee employment where you just right. show up, you do the same thing every single day, you clock out at the same time. There's a different level of, of person that you, you need self-motivated, right? Right. All of right. these different, you have to fall in love with personal development. And I just wanted to be the the type of support that, you know, I feel like I could have used in that time. Mm. Do, do you, was that the scene where you were contemplating suicide? Is that in Idaho? It was in Idaho. Yeah. Boise. Oh, right across the street from uh, City Hall. 
Oh wow, that that that's a good movie scene right there in, in Idaho while contemplating suicide all the way from Brooklyn. <laughs> right. Yeah. By the way, is that because I wouldn't peg it for Brooklyn? Is that because like uh, did your accent change while living in Idaho and then California, or or is that just I think, me? I think it might, bro. I think it might because <laughs> I, you know, I lived in Jersey for a good amount of years, almost ten years or something like that. Oh, right, right. Uh, then Idaho, California. I even lived in Louisiana for three months too. Oh wow! You go to LSU or something? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> No, I had a, another partner whose family uh, is from Louisiana. So we spent some time down there before we moved to California. Right. Louisiana sounds like fun. A lot of artists and stuff like that. A lot of, uh, am I thinking right? Wine? Is it a lot of wine there? No, not. No, nah, no. Wine <laughs> is in Cali. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Cali grows the wine. Um, cool. Um, are you into sports? Oh, not really. No, you don't follow any really. basketball or anything like that? No, I don't. Okay. Um, all right. Lastly, this might be controversial a little bit, but so I'm just, I'm just warning the audience. It doesn't need to, but, you know, the, the vaccines and all that, this happening in the world, what, what do you, what, what do you make of what's happening? Like the, the potential, I think the Biden administration was talking about potentially between states having, um, uh the the vaccine passports but they were like oh at this point it might be too controversial but just the fact that they're thinking about it is to me like shocking like they they would do it if the people didn't rebel right well it wasn't unpopular mm -hmm. so what, yeah. what do you think of all this business hmm well i've been i've been pretty detached from it like intentionally detached from it right, right? uh there's only but so much energy that I have. Like I, my focus is my energy and what I feel like what I put my energy into will grow, right? It'll expand. It may consume me, right? So I'm, I gotta be careful what I, okay. What I okay. allocate my energy to. Um, and what I think being set in the stage that way is that I didn't really choose the environment that I live in now, you know? I had to overcome regardless of whatever, you know, happens, regardless of whatever is out of my control, you know, and I know we, we feel like we do have a lot of control and influence on the situation. Um, and maybe you do. So I, I allow people that believe that they have the influence and they have the drive to have opinions about it, to have that. But I think that the world is doing what it does. It's right. being, you know, it's being unpredictable. It's throwing different challenges in the mix. And I think at the end of the day, the whole purpose is just so that we can learn more about ourselves, what we're capable of as far as love, what, you know, expose different fears that we have, you know? Um, I was just talking to my, my uh, family just before I jumped on here and I remember saying that, yo, I'm just not afraid. Like, I'm not afraid of the vaccine. I'm not afraid not to get the vaccine. I'm not afraid of COVID. Just not scared. And, and it's it's tough to be in that position when so many people are feeling 
super anxious. A lot of people have lost, you know, loved ones. And, yeah. you know, some people, my mother, matter of fact, got triggered just from the, having a conversation, like, don't take the vaccine. You can't take the vaccine because I don't want you to die and things like that. I don't think I would die. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really don't. But I don't, I don't look at the vaccine as saving me either because I've been fine, you know, this right, entire right, right. time. I've felt healthy. I feel really good. But I have another side of the family that are like, yo, make sure your ass is vaccine before you think about <laughs> coming over here. Oh, so really? <laughs> we got we got both sides of the of the, of the um argument right there. But me personally, I think that I'm more neutral for the sake of peace of mind. And that might seem just like ignorant, like put your head in the sand type stuff. But it's it's definitely a deep one to get into, bro. It's, I think that this is, the, I think this is what, where, where it stems from, bro. That, that scene that I just told you about yep. in Idaho. Yep. I feel like in that time, first one thing happened, my ego died. Like my life was no longer about me. It wasn't, you know, about me. But another thing that happened was I got to come to terms with the fact that I'm going to fucking die. Like death is right. inevitable and it could have happened right there. It could happen by walking out and getting hit by a bus right now. Hmm. It's, it's much more, uh, I think beneficial and advantageous to me to do things that build a legacy that outlive me. Right. right? What are they going to say about me when I die? Because I know it's inevitable. It's going to happen someday. I don't know what day is going to be. I don't know what's going to take me out, but something's going to take me out. So let me focus on writing another book because when it does, you know what I'm saying? I want to have touched a million people and inspired them to, to live a life by design. Right. It's like a kamikaze mission type thing. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I, I get the sense that uh, even even if I pose a political question, you always go back to I want to inspire people. So this is because <laughs> no, no, it's important because I, I feel uh, that um, the uh, the politics can be so divisive. And I've experienced this, by, you know, any opinion I have uh, post on Facebook, you know, with my. 5,000 friends, you know, well, some of them friends, you know, whatever. I have those people there. And uh, and it's very polarizing. Sometimes when I post it, like I lose like a few friends, but I'm like, ah, I don't didn't really need them anyway if they can't accept this, uh, my different take. So it's very polarizing where if you have, if you have a single-minded focus like you do on, on uh, having these people succeed, then maybe uh having schlepping along some other issue would be maybe more divisive to people uh especially if it's not important to you so th then that would be artificially like making yourself into something that you're not right 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 um yeah so i i think that's the lesson here though don't pretend to be any anybody else just be be who you are right yeah. And I'm not, I, I want to be clear. I'm not like a middle of the road type of guy, right? Right. Like right. I, I do feel strongly about certain things that are, are divisive and polarizing. And I'm expressive about those things, you know. Mm -hmm. COVID doesn't happen to be one of those things. But politics 
was one of those things for a long time. You know, my my skin color is politicized, bro. I'm a, I'm a political statement, just just ex, just existing, bro. Oh, no, me uh, me as well. I was I'm in, bro. Like it's so it's so crazy. I'm in. Uh, I don't know if you if you know the state of politics in UK. I uh, I'm I'm back in university in in, uh, in Scotland, and uh, we had to. There was a, a one suggested reading called uh, by a black author, a lady. Uh, I forget her name, but it's called "Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race." So already it's making me a bit defensive. Like what, what this title? But already I read the book. I read the book, and I kid you not, somewhere it suggests. Uh, this is uh, just uh, even hard for me to say this, but it suggests somewhere in the book that, uh, like. If you're a white person, you're a racist, even if you don't think you are. Just blatantly stated in the book. And I questioned somebody in the university and I said, oh, she never said that. And then I quoted that directly because she was very snippy about it. And then I just left it like uh, this is. Uh, but it's a direct quote from the book. And I was like, man, this is not this is the making us against pitting us against each other because of history and uh, what not what I did, but what some people, I don't know, a hundred years ago did. And therefore we're going to judge everybody based on what happened. Like, man, I don't, I, it doesn't sit right with me. This kind of resentment politics, man. Right. I, I think that I have something for that, bro. I, I think that first, I think that she may have, and I don't have the context, but I think that she may have meant like in, in the way of benefiting from it or having certain ideologies passed down. You know, we talk a lot about subconscious minds and things yeah. that we're not aware of. I think she may have been addressing that. But I also want to add that by my definition of racism, which could be valid or not to anybody listening, we're all racist. I think that a, a racist is somebody who believes that race is a, a justifiable way to categorize people. It's the belief that races that race is a thing, because we know mm. that it's a social construct. So believing that I can address these people as black people and those people as white people, and add characteristics to what that means, whether good, bad, and different, whatever, then you're a racist. But that's just but, my definition. But 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 okay, how much? Hold on, hold on. This is this is a lot. Like if you go by the standard definition, that racism is that you hate people of, uh, of a different color, then what you said is absolutely wrong, isn't it? Well, you would, have to, you would have to believe that you can categorize somebody by race before you can hate them. Sure. Or, you know what I'm saying? So you, sure. you have to believe in race before you can hate somebody for being a race. Sure, but it's still like about, it's about mostly about hatred, isn't it, though? I mean, yeah, that's how we use it. Prejudice. It's about hatred. It's about hatred, but you could also find some definitions that say racism is a system. It's a right, system right, right, of right. policies that that do target and disadvantage a certain group. Um, okay, since we're talking about this in California as well, and there's a race between Newsom and uh, somebody I really like, Mr. Larry Elder. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's the Larry Elder is 
I think what's his name? Gavin Newsom is the uh, is the governor, and he's he's Democrat. He's white, and Larry Elder is the Republican. He's black, and uh, he has a radio show and all that. Had it for years, but he's running now because he's like, ah, I might as well because I've been speaking against this for years. What's happening in in uh, California and the things he thinks are wrong? So. Um, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm asking, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I don't know if you follow much. <laughs> I have no clue, not even the slightest clue, brother. Uh, there's a YouTuber uh, that I follow, Meet Kevin. He's also running Kevin? for Kevin. Yeah, meet, his name is Meet Kevin on YouTube. And his YouTube is all about like the stock market, a okay. little bit about politics, but mostly about money and finance. I hear he's running for... Uh, uh, for governor of California, I'd love to hear what his, uh, you know, his policies are. But other than that, I haven't been following at all. I mean, all I right. kind of tapped out like after the Trump era, bro. Like, I was in it. <laughs> I was. I mean, oh. you kind of. It's easy to get sucked in. Right, right, right. I, I, I was probably on the other side. I really uh, liked what he did, especially in the Middle East, and he destroyed ISIS the first year, and now you see. Oh, don't get me started on Afghanistan. What Biden did with his impotent foreign policy whatever whatever <laughs> my cat's just here all right um uh i was gonna go somewhere but um uh let's see oh but the reason i mentioned larry elder is there's a really famous video of him speaking to dave rubin at the time when dave rubin was liberal and larry elder basically saying no there, there's no such thing as systemic racism and uh, i find that to be really interesting because because actually that was the pivotal moment in, in Dave Rubin's life where he, in a sense, started to convert from not being liberal anymore, not being on the left. And uh, I find him, Larry Elder, to be a powerful speaker because he can change minds. So he can. Uh, but obviously, yeah, you never heard of him. So I, you can't speak what, what the man does. But uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm definitely in the Larry Elder camp because he's he's uh he's smart. I think he's a lawyer by education, but obviously works on radio and uh but yeah, like I said, politics is very polarizing. So if you go down that road, uh I I, I okay, let let me uh, let it let us add let let us we can finish. touch on that. We could touch on that okay. if you want to. He said he said there's no systemic racism. Yeah, I, I don't have the video on me right now, but uh, actually, I could you I could play it. Actually, that would be crazy if I two seconds. Yes, right, I will run to the bathroom. Come right back. Okay.
and we're back. Yes. Wow. I hate when they do this, but you know, you know how uh, YouTube does. Um, this, uh, you probably didn't notice this because I, I sometimes uh, like uh, they sometimes bury certain results further along than they need to be. Like they used to be like on YouTube when you when you type. This is my experience because I've been on YouTube, like watch videos, countless videos. I, I probably spent <laughs> altogether years of my life on YouTube. Not kidding. <laughs> so it used to be back in the day when you wrote a specific uh, sentence or whatever or phrase, it would uh, YouTube will, uh, search would find exactly the match what you search for. But now it's not always the case, especially political. It's it comes uh, what's favored, like, almost like they sponsored what's favored, like a Google or what's favored first. And then uh, the what uh, identically matches the name comes out somewhere buried later on. And um, I don't like that because I was going to show you this, but I'm like, where is the specific video that I specifically like uh, about Larry Elder? <laughs> Yes. Well, this would. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's. Okay. Let's. Uh, let's finish on on a coaching note. Did you ever have a, like a client where you're like, man, this this is crazy, but uh, like had a really negative experience where you're like, I'm not gonna work with this person. Oh, uh, I thought you was gonna go somewhere else with that. <laughs> <laughs> like i ain't no way <laughs> um uh, <laughs> there yeah i mean you everybody that i work with has to be vetted you know we have to mm. qualify you we have to see what you're experiencing what are you doing to to help the situation what have you tried you know what do you want to try all of these different things but we also need to know your story and, and your state. And there's some people that call up and it's like, yeah, I'm in an abusive relationship and I just want to get out of my abusive relationship and right. you'll be at peace and stuff like that. Or, you know, I, I just had a terrible childhood. You know, you could see that these people don't have like financial goals or entrepreneurial goals, which is what I focus on. They just want peace of mind to get their sanity back you know to things like that to become grounded again and in those cases I have a relationship with some uh, online therapy companies and I'll refer them hmm. to, to therapy if that's what's needed okay so uh, uh, what kind of people can reach out to you like what uh, what do you specialize in like uh, as far as uh, getting people ahead but what what my number one uh, offer is, is the program called GIST, G-Y-S-T, and that stands for Get Your Shine Together, right? It, it encompasses one-on-one -on -one coaching as a, a level of support, group coaching, and an online course mm. right now. We're still building out way more options and, and things that I'm excited about. But the idea, the intention behind GIST is to develop uh, to support anyone who enrolls in it in developing the type of clarity, consistency, and confidence that they need to live a life by design instead of default. Mm. Awesome. So uh, where can people find you if they want to uh, have your, uh, 
coaching um, by you? Let's go to talmudspicer.com. Okay. We're going to drop uh, that in the description <laughs> below. Yes, right? we shall do that. Um, um, I'm also on Instagram. I produce a ton of content on my coach T Spice on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm Talmud Spicer on Facebook as well. And I look forward to connecting with you. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Talmud Spicer, for being on the podcast. Bro, this has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for being on. And thank you, everybody, for listening or watching the podcast.